Wouldn't it be great if there were a pocket-sized guide that could help you sleep, focus, act, or be better? Well, there is. And if you have 10 minutes, Headspace can change your life. I know because it's definitely helped me too. Headspace is your daily dose of mindfulness in the form of guided meditations in an easy-to-use app. Headspace is the only meditation app advancing the field of mindfulness and meditation through clinically validated research. So whatever the situation, Headspace can really help you feel better. If you're overwhelmed, Headspace has three-minute SOS meditations for you. Need some help falling asleep? They can help you with wind-down sessions their members swear by. And for parents, Headspace even has stuff that you could do with your kids too. And their approach to mindfulness can help you reduce stress, improve sleep, boost focus, and increase your overall sense of well-being. Like I said, I use Headspace as well. I used to use it back in the day, then I got off of it for a while to use another tool. But then, honestly, I came back to it, and it's even better. The voicing, the meditation, it definitely, even just with five minutes a day, it really changes everything for me. It's backed by 25 published studies on its benefits, 600,000 five-star reviews, and over 60 million downloads. Incredible. So you deserve to feel happier, and Headspace is meditation made simple. So go to headspace.com slash SPI. That's headspace.com slash SPI for a free one-month trial with access to Headspace's full library of meditations for every situation. This is the best deal offered right now. Head to headspace.com slash SPI today. Our special guest today joined us in episode 200, the landmark episode 200, which uh, got a lot of people talking. It was titled, How Deleting a Third of Your Content can triple your traffic, how to do a content audit with Todd Trester. And that was very cutting edge at the time. And now a lot of SEO people and a lot of bloggers, podcasters are talking about content audits. What is that? That is going back into your archive and actually removing or redirecting older posts, irrelevant posts, not so great posts to newer posts or consolidating and creating a much better resource on your website because no longer are the days are when your website should have just like just a running archive forever because that's literally just a first draft of your work, right? So by going back and filtering out the things that aren't necessary, the things that are irrelevant and, and then ending up with a website or, or a resource that's much less diluted, that sends signals to Google, that sends signals to humans, and those humans spend more time on the website, and, and that signals back to Google. It just it just works. I practice this, and many other people practice the audit as well, and, and you can increase your traffic doing that. And Todd is back again today in episode 386 now. It's not 400. I thought maybe I'd put him in at 400 and just be like, hey, you can come in every 200 episodes, but I couldn't wait any longer. What he's doing right now is something so unique, and I wanted to share it with you because it really is where I feel a lot of things are headed in terms of content, especially for bloggers, podcasters, and, and how those things interact. Anybody who's writing books, you need to be paying attention to this episode. This episode is about something that Todd calls the upside down content strategy. Uh, and it involves the content that you have largely based on the products that you create and not vice versa, where a lot of us go content first. Well, Todd's about actually his Amazon books first and how these things play with each other, how they lead into each other, how they play into bigger, more expensive courses from there and how this services Google, how this services the human interactions on the website, the user experience. It's just a beautiful thing. So it takes a little bit of a time to find what this is, but we get into it. We give you the how-to, we give you the why. It's just an amazing cutting-edge piece of thing. And guess what? This is what me and my team are sort of leading into uh, in the future. You're gonna hear a little bit about how SPI is gonna change content-wise in the future based on this strategy. So hopefully that excites you. But first, voiceover guy, do your thing. Welcome to the Smart Passive Income Podcast, where it's all about working hard now so you can sit back and reap the benefits later. 
And now your host, he's keto-friendly, Pat Flynn. Todd, welcome back to the SPA Podcast. Thanks so much for being here, man. Thanks for having me on the show, Pat. Last time you were on the show, we jammed on something called Content Audit. Some of you might remember this. This was episode 200, where the title was "How uh, Todd or uh, you know how to delete a third of your content or how to increase your traffic 3x by deleting a third of your content or some something of that nature." And this strategy of a content Boy, man, audit, you, blew, you blew the headline, I, Pat. <laughs> I, I totally blew it. I totally blew it. But how I can't triple, remember all the how numbers. To triple your traffic by deleting a third of your content. Oh, see, you have it better than me. But you you become known as this sort of voice in the space of, you know, hey, let's take this blog content that we have and let's trim the weeds a little bit. You know, as we create our blogs, it's we don't necessarily create it the way it should eventually end up. And you came in with a strategy. You were the first person to tell me about this. And then it's become sort of more well known now that our blogs should be and and should only have the content it needs to have and, and not just this running archive of content from the last, you know, however many years. And it's, it's been a yeah. beautiful strategy. It still works today, right? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Why do you think that's such an important mindset to have when it comes to the content that we're creating, which will relate to everything else that we're talking about today? But I'd love to go just touch on this uh, idea of a content audit a little bit more. I think people need to rehear this message. Why, why does a content audit work when it comes to our, our content? Well, Google's always been clear. They want to show just the best results, right? And I don't know what the data is anymore, but it's like how many millions of articles are being posted the internet every day. It's crazy. Everybody's competing for the same keywords. There's only a limited amount of traffic. And Google wants to show the best results. And the data is clear that the top three results get something like 90% of the traffic. It depends on the keyword, of course, because different keywords have different relationships with the users. But in general, the top three positions get 90% of the keywords and everything after that shares about 10% of the traffic. And so it's like if you want to rank, you have to provide the absolute best experience, user experience. That's both in the quality of the content as well as how it's presented. And Google's getting better and better at figuring out what is the absolute best. And one of the things that Google does as well is they track the user experience. So they have access to the user experience data, how long people spend on the page, bounce rate, all these different things. So there's just no, there's no way to fool them, nor should you even try. They've been very clear. They want to provide the absolute best experience for the user for the search result. And so it's your job to provide that best experience. Right. And part of that providing of the best experience is not only creating that content on your own website, but there's other ways to go even deeper, which we're going to talk about today. And you you were, again, one of the first to sort of come up with this strategy of not only trying to really own specific keywords in your niche and, and truly owning it. I mean, every time you and I have chatted about specific keywords, I mean, you've even gone so far as to not just own certain keywords related to retirement calculators, but literally create the tools to do that when a person arrives on the site. That's how important that user experience is for you. And you've been able to reap the benefits of that. I mean, beyond just what happens on your website, though, you're creating even more content about that topic to go even deeper beyond the website, like writing books on Amazon. And and I'd love to to hear and, and have you present your strategy on these specific keywords that you're targeting. If you could give us an example, that'd be fantastic. And how you are treating that keyword from the Google search experience all the way to inside your your courses and and, and what you have to offer them. Well, there's an interconnected web and you, you were the one of the first to talk about the be everywhere strategy, right? And mm-hmm. so Amazon is just another outpost. But what's interesting about Amazon is it has social proof through the comment system, through the review system. And 
Google in the search manual search guidelines that they put out that primarily affects financial sites and health sites. And it's Google doing an extra effort for the top ranking sites. They manually review them in order to determine who are the most authority sites. And they have manual review guidelines. And one of the things that pops up in there is they can look at your Better Business Bureau ranking. They can look at your books and books as an authority, right? They're trying to determine author authority. Those are the same, you know, root words. Author is mm-hmm. the root word of authority. So you establish your authorship in Amazon. And what is interesting about it, Pat, is it turns content production upside down. It gets you thinking about content in a very different way that is completely congruent with what we taught in episode 200 when we taught about the content audit. And that's that you turn content production upside down. You start thinking about it differently. You start thinking about what is a definitive, if you will, book of content around a subject matter and what establishes subject matter expertise in both Google's eyes and in the user's eyes. And one of those ways is books that get excellent reviews because they provide a great user experience, but then also a definitive grouping of pillar posts or content that makes up that keyword on your site. So can you give us an example of a specific keyword on your site and what you've created around that? I can say where I'm going because it doesn't matter because, you know, everybody's got a unique twist on the subject, so I don't mind sharing it. So, you know, like in retirement planning, basically in retirement planning, there's there's four subjects. There's how much money do I need to retire, which is where you build up to wealth. There's uh, retirement income demystified, which is how you manage your retirement income afterwards, because it's a very complex task because you've got a volatile pool of assets. How do you convert it into a stable income you don't outlive? And then there's what to do before you retire. And then how do you enjoy your retirement? How do you live a fulfilling life in retirement? Those are basically the four subjects that make up retirement planning. That's what people will pay for. So those will become my four books in retirement planning. I've already got one of them done and it's already the top ranked book in its category, which is how much money do I need to retire? The second edition is totally done, and that gets released here in about a month, two months, maybe. It's in the final stages of editing for the second edition. The first edition is already a top-ranked book. And then I have in the drawer the other books already mapped out, and so I'll produce those books. In the process, I will be producing pillar posts on the site to create a silo of content that's definitive on that subject matter and establishes subject matter expertise, while at the same time providing monetization through Amazon with the books. So it's, like I said, it turns content production upside down. You produce the books first, which then results in the content for the site as well as you parcel some of it out. So you're starting with the book in mind. So for somebody listening to this who wants to attempt to try this strategy, where would they start? Would they start on Amazon and do keyword research there? Or does the keyword research still happen on some tools that Google would provide to understand what search volumes are and what competition is? Yeah, it's both. It's nuanced. It's not like it's either or. It's both. You need to understand both markets. You know, When you look at traffic, keyword research traffic, like what it's telling you is what the public is searching for. So like in retirement planning, staying with that example, the top research term is retirement calculator, right? People are looking for a tool to calculate their retirement numbers, their magic retirement number. The second most research term is how much money do I need to retire? And it goes down, no coincidence, right? These are hot topics. These are the issues that people are wrestling with. Those happen to also be the books or products that people will purchase as solutions to the problems they're trying to solve through those searches. And then if you go into Amazon, you'll find that you know retirement planning is more popular than retirement plan because nobody steps in wanting a retirement plan specifically. They want retirement planning help. And it goes on 
and on and on. So you'll see that they're related, but there's subtle differences because people are looking for different things. On Amazon, they're looking for a book that solves a problem. On Google, they're looking for free information about subject matters. And so there's different user intent with each one. So you have to, and again, this is no secret. This is something that's known in keyword research. You have to look at the user intent behind the keyword. So for example, how much money do I need to retire is almost identical to retirement calculator because you use one to solve the other. So they're very similar user intent. And you'll see that when you look at how Google ranks sites for terms like that. Do you use any specific tools to help you with with the numbers in terms of uh, keyword research? Actually, I just use the basics. And I'm probably wrong, but I've been using Google AdSense keyword tool, doing that forever. Very familiar with it. Ahrefs is another tool mm-hmm. that's valuable for keyword research. And then Amazon has some different category ranking tools as well. Am- they're not Amazons. They're for their... Uh, what Kindle? Oh, I'm trying to remember now. Uh, I'm not going to come with it off the top of my head, but there's some tools for you know Kindle writers that help you rank categories for popularity and competition and whatnot. Gotcha. Okay, so retirement planning is a keyword that you would want to target, right? So you write a book about that, and and you found a specific, but not about retirement about. planning per se, because people aren't really looking for a retirement planning book. And what are you going to say that's new around the subject of retirement plan? It's too big. It's too broad. It's too general. But they might want to know how to maximize their social security payout. If they're a U.S. citizen and they're facing that, that's a problem people will pay to solve, right? And so there's books on that topic that sell quite well. They might want to know how much money they need to retire. I have the definitive book on that subject and it's coming out in its second edition here real soon. It's already the definitive book right now on Amazon on that subject. And it's Again, the second edition's way improved, and that'll be released here in a couple months. There's retirement income and how you convert a volatile stream of a volatile pool of assets into a stable retirement uh, income stream you can't outlive. That book has not been written. That book does not exist. I'm going to be writing that book. It's already researched and mapped out, and I'll be formulating that. Um, so each book is at a targeted solution. So I wouldn't take on the category of retirement planning. That's what you try to rank for. Remember, the formula for internet profits is traffic times conversion equals profit, right? And so when you look at you're generating traffic on the internet, but you have to have conversion tools. Since I have an education website, I like to convert through education products, which is books and courses. So I'm selling my expertise. Believe it or not, my expertise is not SEO, although I probably should be selling that. My expertise really is finance, you know, how to build wealth, teach advanced strategies in that subject. And so right. those are the tools I sell, which is books and courses, not not investment products, because those are the domain of financial advisors. So you you have these books coming out and, and some are already out. And how do you then take that book and turn it into content that goes on your website to support the book and also capture the Google audience? Do you just break out each individual chapter, for example, and those become individual posts, or is there some more strategy behind that? There's more strategy behind it. You have to do the keyword research to understand. So let's take my leverage equation book. So I recently published a book called The Leverage Equation, and it teaches you the application, the prudent application of leverage to building wealth. And that's a whole subject in itself. And it's a completely misunderstood subject. People think it's all about financial leverage, but it's not. And so I wrote a book on the subject to try to answer all that and help people out. And so now I'm building out the content on the website. It's about halfway built out. By the time this podcast goes live, it should get built out. 
And so if you do search, if you do keyword research, so I built, first of all, when I wrote the book, I'm writing the book as a solution. It has a storyline. It has a purpose, right? It needs to be valuable. It needs to be really good. So you think first in terms of the book and what user experience you want to create with that book. How do you give people value, right? So that's the starting point. Now, when you come back to doing the Google work, and building out the site content to get traffic, you think in terms of what's going to create definitive site content for that search. Now, leverage is a great example because people really don't understand leverage at all. And so when you go do the Google research, the keyword research for leverage, you'll come up with really fascinating results. And I've never seen this in any other keyword uh, research before, so I'll share it here because it's really interesting. The top terms are definition of leverage, meaning of leverage, and then financial leverage and then subterms of financial leverage like operating leverage, systems leverage, things like that. And so mm -hmm. what it tells you is one, people don't understand leverage very well. That's why they're looking for definition and meaning of leverage. They're trying to understand the topic. And then it also shows that the only understanding they have of leverage is financial leverage when in fact there's six different types of leverage. And financial leverage is actually the only one that causes risk, right? Increases risk, whereas the other five types, you can decrease risk while increasing reward. So anyway, without getting too far off on the book, to build a definitive body of content now, I'll write an article about definition of leverage, and I've got a whole storyline around definition of leverage, and it's similar to what I'm sharing here around how it's not understood, and you've got to get the definition of leverage right in order to understand how to use it properly. And then we have another article with a slightly different storyline around the meaning of leverage, and that works for those keywords. Now, and then I'm going to have, and that's what's still missing, I'm not going to provide the financial leverage content from the book or the operating leverage content from the book. Instead, I'll do a specific article that repurposes some of that content, but makes it more a standalone article on financial leverage that makes sense for the internet and how it would teach for the internet, but not for the book. Same thing with operating leverage. And so do you see the difference, Pat, that I'm building the site content to be definitive for how Google and the internet understands leverage, and then that will naturally upsell the book as the solution that teaches you all about leverage and how you apply it to build wealth in your life. Right. So this is where the upside down comes in, right? You started with the book, which then is where ultimately you would want to lead people to coming from Google. But you already have that available now, and you are just creating supportive content, this, as you say, silo of content. What I'm curious about is, is there a finite amount of content needed for that? Or is this one of those things where you're just going to continue to write more and then more and more to support the sales for the book? My experience is it's finite. That remains to be seen. That was a discussion I was having with some other friends that I share these topics with, including you. I believe it's finite because there's a finite. Here's the thing that I learned in the content audit, which was that less is more. And it's about mm -hmm. quality, not quantity. And it's about how definitive and how great the user experience is. It's not about how many pages you can throw up around a subject. And so I believe the amount of content required is finite, and I think that will hold up. And the reason why is people will only consume so much content, and Google's measuring the user experience. So you're looking at what is this front-facing experience that the site presents that matches the user intent. And it's not about throwing up 50 pages on leverage to become the dominant force on leverage. It's about fully addressing leverage as users understand it. And that to me is a finite amount of content. So it remains to be seen, but it's the same thing with retirement planning. I don't think retirement planning has an endless pile of content. I think there's a finite number of subjects that users need on the internet. 
And you just need to do a great job of delivering those better than anybody else out there. And that's the trick. And I think this is perhaps a sigh of relief for people to realize that. And this is a big mistake I made because one word that I'm, I'm trying to tackle is affiliate marketing, for example. And I have a lot of great affiliate marketing content on the website. I have a, a course. There will be a book coming out thanks to your inspiration about that as well to tackle the Amazon crowd looking for information about that. But I was in the camp for a long time of, all right, I just I want to own affiliate marketing. So I'm going to write hundreds of articles about it you know, top 10 affiliate marketing tips, how to do affiliate marketing on this, how to do affiliate marketing and and just keep doing it until I'm finally there at number one. And I found that the more I write about it and, and over time that I've been not ranking as high as I used to when I only had a fine, like less content for people to consume. I think, I think Google is confused now because I'm just writing so much about it and I'm, I'm saying the same thing over and over again. And it's not a duplicate content issue. It's, I think, an overwhelm issue and, and, a, and a confusion issue. I tend to agree with you and I'm thankful for that, that, you know, if you can create the best stuff, you know, that doesn't mean you're, you have the most stuff. It just has, it just means you have the best stuff. Yeah. Yeah. It, you just have to create definitive content better than anybody else's. And I think that's where the branding comes in too, where, you know, Pat, you have your own style, you know, and it's attracted a certain following. So that's what's unique about your content. You're going to bring it in a certain style. And it's the same thing with me. I have a very specific style. Mine's analytical. It's detailed. It's advanced. And so nobody else is addressing the subject the exact same way I am. And that's what creates my definitive pool of content as standing apart from what, for me, what's nice is I'm dealing with, my competition is the big corporate sites. And back in the old days of Google, that was a huge disadvantage because the corporate sites had these uh, paid teams of writers and they would just crank out massive piles of content. But now I can compete with them, right? Because it's not about massive piles of content. It's about having the best content and providing the best user experience. Now, I also want to give a caveat for listeners. My site is not where this discussion is. My site is being built to match that discussion. So if people go to my site and they don't see it exactly matching what we're doing here, that's because... This is cutting edge. This is what the discussion we're having is right at the forefront. And so my site is changing to match that. As is mine. And you'll see in the future, we're actually doing a complete redesign to support a lot of what we're talking about today related to specific terms, related to specific wants and needs of my audience, and then creating definitive guides about those things, not just a plethora of hundreds of different blog posts about a topic, but the one guide or the, the set of blog posts that would be all you would need to know about it. And then if you want to go deeper, then I have either a book about that if you prefer to, to absorb that content in a book or courses where you can get some help and some accountability and some step-by-step -step, uh, to go along with it. And you have some courses as well to go along with each of these things. And so what we're doing is we're creating these verticals now that people will, are going to live in. And it's going to help, I think, so much with our messaging, with the email tracks that people are on, with personalization, and really helping them through that journey in much what you have on your site and, and the journey that you're taking people through, it's it's there's very clear steps, right? There's kind of step one, step two, and after they finish one vertical, they're going to move into the next, into the next. And it's it should be the same way for everybody because that's the idea. You're giving this experience to your audience, not just writing and trying to hopefully catch people with that big net, but just creating the right kind of experience for them is is the key. And so I, I, I want you to take me through what you want people to do when they find you on Google. They click on your link, they go to your website, 
take me through what you want them to experience, how you want them to feel about it and the actions you want them to take. I want them to go, wow, I'm in the right place. Look at this. I started with this article, but look at these other resources they have. And this is all the stuff I'm wanting to learn about on this topic. This is awesome. I need to bookmark this. Oh my gosh, I'm not going to go to bed tonight because I'm so hooked on reading this stuff tonight. That's what I want them to do, right? So they land on a page because they were searching for a specific term. And then within that page is the opportunity to find lots of related information, offers, courses, books, but also free information on the site, calculators, tools, spreadsheets, all the things they need. And they're just going to be wowed by it. What would the action be that you would want them to take? Well, the next click is the next thing they're interested in, right? Because that solves your bounce rate issue. That also increases your dwell time on your site. These are all user experience signals that Google is measuring to determine quality of the user experience and the search relevance, right? So if your average page on time, if your average time on site is four minutes and your competition is one minute, your user experience is trouncing the other guy. If your dwell goes through three pages instead of 1.2 like the other guy, guess what? You know, you're looking good. You're serving your client and Google's going to pick up on that. So, you know, I want them to find the next click and then the next click and the next click. I want them to spend time on the site. I want them to watch videos. I want them to read content. I want them to download tools. I want them to go, wow, you know, this is an amazing site. This is a great experience. This is, I want to learn more from this guy. Where does the book come into play? Are you in that first moment offering the book? Where is it being inserted into this strategy? The book is embedded in the content as a related offer. And so you'll see the cover of the book in the relevant articles for that book. So like how much money do I need to retire as another, you know, the example we've been working with in this interview, you'll find that book in articles about retirement calculators being demystified and how to use them the smart way and all the mistakes people make with retirement calculators and all the mistakes made in financial planning around how much money you need to retire. There's just, you know, there's a bunch of content on the site, how to reduce how much you need to retire by 300,000 to $900,000 on and on and on. There's just a ton of content on the site around retirement planning and that book is offered in there. You literally see a cover of the book in the article and it's tilted at an angle slightly so it stands out and it says, you know, related or something like that. And it's got the Amazon links and the Kobo and Barnes and Noble links so you can click on it. So you immediately know it's a book by looking at the cover and it's intuitive that it's a book you can buy based on the click links. To me, for a brand new visitor, it's it's an immediate sort of proof of, oh, this person must know what they're talking about. They actually have a book on the topic. And they could either be interested in going into that or at least even if they go further into your website, they at least have this idea that, you know, you're the main go to person about this topic. You have a book on it. And I think this is one of the the, the benefits of writing a book that often people forget is is just having a book alone will provide authority. But like you said earlier in the conversation, having that book linked to in that article, you're saying that that's actually helping for SEO purposes, too. Yeah, yeah, because you're clearly establishing yourself as authority. The manual reviewers can go look at your book, look at your reviews. They can see that it's well-reviewed, assuming you've written a really excellent book. It's all there for anybody to see. So, yeah, I think it establishes authority. Again, the root word of authority is author, and that's what Google's trying to find is authority. They even went – remember the, back in the days when they tried to track authors to build authority by author? Do you remember that? Yeah, I do yeah. remember that. 
And they dropped that apparently, but we never really know exactly what goes on behind Google screen. But, um, you know, this is all just part of this process of tracking people, establishing authority. And it's particularly strong in my arena. That's why I'm particularly aware of it is uh, health and finance its strongest, but it affects all arenas, including yours. And then how does the course come into play? Where is that introduced? This is a an expensive course, relatively speaking. It's not just like a $29 course that, that you're offering. And I'm just curious on this higher ticket item, where in the process in this website to book slash book to website funnel, does the course come into play? Well, the course is called Expectancy Wealth Planning, and I have an unusual take on how the wealth planning process works and what the function of a wealth plan is in producing wealth in your life. So the whole thing is about how you can become financially independent at any age. You don't have to wait till you retire to do it. And there's a proven process by which you do it, which I call Expectancy Wealth Planning. And basically, it's it takes traditional financial planning and it's a base, but then I build a foundation under that that teaches you about how you apply your personal resources as well, your financial resources, because basically wealth is the compound effect of your personal resources and your financial resources, but there's a strategic way to apply them. Then you have the traditional financial plan in the middle as like a really simple go-to model. And then I have the advanced planning framework that builds on top of it. So I have a unique take on it. And so it would be the high-end back-end product in the funnel, right? So the idea is that if people are wowed at every stage of the funnel, then that's the natural place to go if their objective is financial independence. They go to that wealth planning course. And then the next course I'm going to build out is expectancy investing, which teaches an advanced and better strategy around paper asset investing, traditional stocks, bonds, mutual funds. Um, That course isn't built yet, but the expectancy wealth planning course is. So as an example, if you read my leverage book, you'll see that the leverage book is excerpted from one group of lessons. So it's just uh, one set of eight lessons inside one module inside the entire course. And then I rebuilt that all out and repurposed that leverage content as the book. And it says it right in the book, right? And so it naturally upsells to the course. And there's a whole funnel where people can go to my site and they can download all the free resources to make the book actionable. So it's actually like a fully coached experience. It's not just an opt-in game, right? You know, there's no game here. It's like you get value by getting these resources. You interact with the book. You go through a full coaching experience with the book. So it's not just a book. And then naturally you want the course because it's the next step in the development of your strategies. And it's the same thing with how much money do I need to retire? It's not all built out yet, but I have, you know, one of the top ranked retirement calculators. I think it's on page two now on Google. It used to be page one. And that calculator combined with the book creates a certain experience. And that naturally back ends into the expectancy wealth planning course. As you learn how I teach this stuff and you realize that it is the next level conversation, it's how it really works, then you want that next level education. So it's all a process. You start with the free content. The free content indoctrinates you into the thinking process, gives you what I can at that level. The way I, the way I teach it, Pat, is that each form of content has its own purpose, right? So like I think of a podcast like this conversation, it has a purpose. It has a function in your content funnel, right? And then video to me is very different. And like you're doing really well on video and it's because you're treating it differently. It's still the same type of content in that you follow very similar structures, but it's a different medium. It has a different thing. You know, you're way more entertaining in your video and and how you put little fun, you know, hooks in there and stuff. So it's different. It's a different venue and you do it differently. Your article content's different. Your book content will be different. Well, and your course content, of course, has to be different, but they all have to make sense together. 
each one is part of the overall user experience. Each one has a function. So like before people buy my course, Pat, I've had people tell me they've listened to every single podcast that I've produced sometimes two and three times. I've had people tell me they've listened to every single guest podcast appearance I've been on. That's like 200 and some odd guest podcast appearances I've been on. And they'll go through and listen to all of them before they buy my course. That's cool. Yeah. So, you know, you just want to think about the content that you're producing and how it all fits together like a puzzle to create a user experience. It's a symphony. It's not individual notes, right? It's not individual instruments. It's the composite whole that the user experiences. I think content producers, they make a mistake in that we're taught in marketing that if you want to optimize your funnel, what do you do? You increase your conversion rate by 1% and then you increase from the content to that by 1%. And then you multiply that by Mm -hmm. 10%. And the composite multiplication is this. It's not. And the reason why is because you might butcher your whole user experience in the process. And so it doesn't actually work that way. It's actually different than how people are teaching it. It works as an experience. And think about it. Intuitively, you know that's true because when you go to a site, you have an experience and you either get hooked on the site or you don't. Is that fair? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And so it's that user experience you're getting hooked on. It's not whether or not they increase their conversion rate by 0.1% on a funnel. I think that's a big lesson there is is to consider your audience and how they are being treated on your website. And, you know, what, like, yes, we get these strategies to put opt-in forms or put pop-ups or those kinds of things. And yes, it might increase your email list by a certain percentage, but what is that doing to the to the user? What is that doing for somebody's experience? Are they going to come back and how are they going to feel when they open those emails in the future? And, you know, like you said, every single thing is done on purpose and with the purpose of, you know, better the betterment of, of who it is that you're helping. And as long as you continue to have these ways for people to go deeper with you, then they're going to want to go deeper with you. And that's what I love about what you're doing. You're not just writing great articles. You're also giving people an opportunity to go deeper into a book, which is a part of a segment of a course. And like you said, sometimes it takes some time. And I think uh, another big lesson here is you can tell that Todd here is playing the long game. And I think a lot of us uh, kind of try to rush to that to that ask or that um, transaction a little bit too soon. But there's, you know, I, th- I like the book strategy too, because it's almost like a I hate to use the word tripwire, but it gets people to experience some wins as a result of investing in a little bit of themselves and yes. in you. you know it's, I mean? okay. it's okay. Yeah, I don't like the term tripwire either. I, I call it an impulse buy, right? It's a low ticket entry point to get closer, another experience of you, right? So in other words, it's low risk, right? So it's a $5 book or a $10 book or whatever the number is. And so now they can get much tighter with you and they can decide if they want to go deeper with you because the next step after that is the course, which is a much bigger commitment. Mm -hmm. And so each one is a progressive experience of you and how they relate to your content and your message because you're not for everybody. You know, I'm not for everybody. There's people who resonate with my message. There's people who don't. That's okay. But you've got to give people the chance to get to know you and what you're teaching and what you stand for. That to me is what a funnel is about. And there's a progressive level of commitment, similar to the dating analogy, right? You know, Mm -hmm. where you start with a cup of coffee and, you know, something casual and you start having some fun together, you decide you like each other. So you start spending more time together and it's a progressive commitment. One doesn't start out with marriage. It's just inappropriate. Absolutely. Todd, you're always on the forefront of these things somehow. 
and you kill it and you share this information openly with us so that we can benefit from it too. It's happened with the content audit back in episode 200 and here you are back again with some really cutting edge stuff. And you know, it's, it's interesting because on one hand it is cutting edge because it's new and it's different, but on the other hand, it's, it's not like a brand new technology that came out or, you know, we often consider cutting edge, like something unknown that has never been discovered before. The, the opportunity to do this has always been there. It's just, we're starting to see that this is what not just Google wants, but what will actually make for a better experience for our audience. And you're seeing it in the results with the testimonials that you're having from people who are taking your courses to the test, to the 220 reviews that you have on your, how much money do I need to retire book to just how often your articles get shared and how people talk about you now in the financial industry. It's just been really amazing to see you grow because I remember the first time we met, I think it was 2011 in Schaumburg, Illinois at FinCon, and you were just starting out in the online space. You had your practice that you were helping people and coaching for a very long time. And to see you start to put yourself out there online and, and really kill it and, and come up with these new strategies that are that are working for not just you, but for everybody. It's just, it's just awesome to see. And I'm just so honored that you and I have been able to chat with each other for so long in our mastermind group together, along with, you know, Jamie Masters and Rowie and, and uh, Sean Stevenson and just so many great people. I'm just, it's an honor to, to have you on the show again and have you share this stuff. And it's the direction I'm headed to, much better well, content, a better experience. And that's what it's all about. Thank you, Pat. That's really nice. And I, you know, the feeling's mutual. It's been an honor to be in the group with everybody as well. And we all learn from each other. You know, I think it's a great time to be in this business. You know, you and I have been at it a while. We've been in here and, you know, the early days, there was all kinds of Google gaming and there was all kinds of, you know, different strategies that weren't on the up and up, but actually worked and all this stuff. And I think it's a great time to be in the business now because it really is about serving people. It is about putting out quality and about being the best and providing the best. The systems have gotten so smart now and you've got the tools you need, you know, I mean, all these tools are improving. Like you and I, when we started this recording, we looked at how Skype has improved, right? To do this recording. I mean, that was just a conversation we had before we went live with this. And then, you know, you look at how podcasting has improved from the days when you first started. I mean, it's night and day. Absolutely. Yeah. And now Amazon has run with books in a way that completely changed the industry. And it, this just goes on and on and on. The improvements that have gone on take us one direction, which is quality and about user experience. And that's great for the consumer. And it's great for us as producers because it paints a clear direction of where you want to build your business. Uh, I think what Wayne Gretzky said it, you know, you want to skate where the puck is going to be, not where it was. And where the puck's going to be is what we're talking about here today. Well, thank you, Todd. It's always a pleasure. Where can people go to get uh, more info and learn from you? Yeah, my site is financialmentor.com. My lead book is How Much Money Do I Need to Retire? My most recent book is The Leverage Equation. I love them both. I think they're both really definitive in their subject matters. Those two are my lead books. I'll have another book coming out soon called Risk Management. Um, it's about, all about investment risk management, how to make more by losing less. And my course is Expectancy Wealth Planning. And the next course after that will be Expectancy Investing. And the next course after that is Expectancy Living. So anyway, just, you know, a lot on the horizon, very excited with where things are going and hope people come over and join the journey. The man with a plan, Todd Tresser, everybody, financialmentor.com. Thanks so much, Todd. Appreciate you. Hey, thank you, Pat. All right. I hope you enjoyed that episode with Todd coming back again, blowing us away with some amazing strategies. And like I said, near the end there, this is what my team and I are, are kind of building toward as well. Much deeper, more epic resources that are the best about specific topics. 
and that's not only gonna get you shared more, it's not only gonna get people to stay on your site for longer, but it's just gonna be another touch point with your audience, even if they're finding you for the first time, that makes them go, wow, okay, now I need to go to the next thing, and, and the book can be that, you know, and, and the book as a, a small investment into something even bigger, which can lead into another thing, but it all, again, it comes from the book first, which is really interesting, and he has that plan in place. I think really that's what it's about, is that plan, that is then executed. And Todd is still in the middle of it, and, and so am I. I mean, we were just getting started on, on my team, and I think it's gonna be really interesting. And, and for us, it's starting with the courses and, and what we have in there, and then how we can create blog content that supports that, but then leads people into that if they wanna learn more, and, and just wowing across the way. And this is where content should be, especially because we are in the age of digital overload right now, of content overload. So how can you make your stuff stand out? Well, make it the best, and that's it. Um, but also put your voice and your own unique personality behind it as well. And that's the cool thing about Todd in the personal finance space. He has a very specific personality and, and unique things that he does on his website, which you should check out right now, financialmentor.com. He talks about personal finance in a very different kind of way to help you build wealth and retire and enjoy life and, and be fulfilled. And, and I love Todd to death. He and I have uh, shared a lot of moments together at FinCon and, and, and at Mastermind Retreats. And he's definitely somebody to pay attention to, not just because he teaches you some great financial advice, but because he knows what he's doing on the web as well. So make sure to check him out. Thank you so much. If you want to get the show notes and links mentioned in this episode, all you have to do is go to smartpassiveincome.com slash session 386. One more time, smartpassiveincome.com slash session 386. Team Flynn, you're amazing. Thank you so much for joining me today. Make sure you hit subscribe if you haven't already because the ne honestly, next week's episode is for everybody and it's going to be a game changer in your productivity in your personal life, and in your business. You will not want to miss it. I learned some amazing things that are going to be really helpful for me that that I didn't even know, and, I, and my eyes were opened. My eyes were opened. So make sure you subscribe for next week's episode. You're going to become somebody that you are not, and that's a good thing because the thing that we are right now is the thing we need to get away from. What am I talking about? Kind of mysterious, right? Kind of dark. Sorry about that. But what I'm saying is you need to subscribe because next week's episode is going to be amazing and helpful. So check it out. Please subscribe. Team Flynn, you're amazing and take care. Team Flynn for the win. Thanks for listening to the Smart Passive Income Podcast at www.smartpassiveincome.com. So podcasting is obviously a big deal here at SPI, and today I'm so excited to tell you about our newest podcast. Yes, a brand new podcast called Flops. Flops is all about exploring, celebrating, and normalizing failure in the entrepreneurial journey. Every entrepreneur experiences failure at some point, so I love that we're just facing it head on here. And the show is hosted by two members of the team, Karen and Ray, and in it they talk to entrepreneurs who have had stumbles, setbacks, and flat-out failures. These guests are honest and generous with their stories, and I think they offer hope and encouragement for all other entrepreneurs out there because we all experience it, right? We all experience failure. For example, in the first episode, Ray talks to John who got caught up in a Ponzi scheme. It's a story with twists and turns that will keep you hooked. It's a great story. I highly recommend you check it out. But one thing I love about Flops is that it doesn't dwell on the failure and it always finds a bright side. I really love it, and I think you will too. So the first season of Flops has already started with new episodes dropping on Wednesdays. You can find it on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you listen to podcasts. You can also listen at smartpassiveincome.com slash flops. Again, that's smartpassiveincome.com slash flops. I hope you enjoy it.